Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin. And today we continue Sequel September with a discussion on 28 Weeks Later from 2007. Directed by Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, written by Rowan Joff, Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, Enrique Lopez Levine, and Jesus Olmo. Starring Imogen Poots, Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Robert Carlyle, and Idris Alba. And in this movie, it's 28 weeks after the outbreak of a zombie-like virus called the Rage Virus overtakes Britain, and London begins to repopulate due to the incorrect assumption that the virus is no longer a threat. And Ashwin, I don't know if you remember, but this is a request from Hina on our Discord server. Yeah, I was really excited when uh, she recommended this one uh, for yeah, Sequel September. I hope that's how she pronounces it, H-I-N-A. Yeah, uh, and I think um, she's she's in the UK too or she somewhere. She is in right? the UK, yeah. Yeah, cool. So hopefully free of zombies. Um, and Ash, she also requested that we include the uh, Imogen Poot song from your band Supervisor in this one. Oh man, yeah, yeah, totally. I, th- I think there's a verse in that song about this uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. If you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw it in. All right. Uh, and that song can be found on Spotify, right? Just look yeah, up Supervisor. Yeah, under, yep, right under the band Supervisor. There's a song yeah. called Imogen, but yeah, unfortunately it's misspelled uh, just to make it rhyme with other words. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that you should just say you took poetic license to make it rhyme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully she'll understand when, when I tell her that in signature. <laughs> Uh, we are, of course, both big fans of Imogen Poots, if not obvious by the fact that Ashwin has a song dedicated to her. And we've talked about her a few times on the podcast, Fright Night 2011, Green Room, Black Christmas. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and did you see her latest one? I, I still haven't seen uh, her latest horror movie with um, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Yeah, uh, Vivarium, right? Right. Did you like that? Uh, wasn't crazy about it, but, uh, I don't know. It might be a good one for us to discuss. Cause I, I know like a lot of our, uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, probably the people on discord love it. Yeah. Or at least have seen it and talked about it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would be good to check out. Um, I'm also a big Rose Byrne fan. Oh yeah. Uh, what, what other movies of hers do you like? I really liked her in Spy. I thought she was pretty funny in that. Yeah. She's, it's interesting how well she like, uh, does comedy. I, have you seen, uh, Bridesmaids? Yeah, yeah, I liked her in Bridesmaids too. Yeah, she's great, and I think she's in. Uh, what's that one where like they buy a house next to like a sorority? Um, boy, I don't know. Oh, okay, but yeah, she's she's like a she's usually a comedian though, right? Like, or she does like comedy films. I've seen her in a lot of comedic roles. Actually, I just saw her in a comedic-ish role in a movie called Irresistible. Oh, okay. I think any it's good? written and directed by John Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that is that movie any good? You know, it was decent. It was kind of a silly romantic comedy type thing. Yeah. Um, light on the romance, but uh, it was it was entertaining. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah if you're going yeah, she's... not expecting much. It's a good way to spend some time. Cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love her though. She's she's great. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a zombie movie. Uh, sequel to the 2002 film 28 Days Later, set after the events of that film. Uh, I haven't seen the first one in quite a while either. Me neither. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking the other day, I remember I name-dropped it when we were doing, like, our top five films. I think that was, like, the first zombie movie I actually ever saw. Uh, where, where was that in, like, terms of movies you saw that were zombie-related? Um, Boy. 
that might be true for me too because that came out when we were seniors in high school i wasn't too well versed on horror at that time yeah yeah it may have been oh cool it may have all right been. that's good to know i thought i was i had maybe one. seen night of the living dead huh i'm not sure to tell you the truth yeah dude and i still i when we picked this one or when Hina recommended it i was like cool i've seen that but i'd love to see it again because i don't mm-hmm. remember it and even now that i've watched it i still don't know if i have seen this before oh really yeah it may have been a first watch but i'm not sure interesting wow yeah uh yeah yeah i, I think i just saw this one re- uh recently like a year or two ago or uh or three um okay. but yeah that, that's interesting that uh this might be the first time you watched it yeah uh it doesn't sound like it was like a huge uh like success box office wise was it um, not bad. It was a budget of fifteen million, and it made sixty-four million at the box office. Mm, okay. So over four times its budget. Um, and we rarely see stats for this, but on the Wikipedia page, it said that it had, as of July twenty ten, so this was a decade ago, it had made twenty-four point three million in DVD sales revenue. Oh yeah, right. So I mean, I, I think it was a success. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Makes Rotten sense. Tomatoes seventy one percent, IMDb seven to ten, Letterboxd three point one. Okay, yeah, pretty pretty good, pretty decent. Co production yep. between the U.S., U.K., and Spain. Yep. And I thought that Danny Boyle directed this, but that is not the case. He was apparently working on Sunshine. Yeah. So we couldn't do it. Yeah. So they brought in this guy who's only done like a few films, right? Like a Spanish film director. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really recognize much on his. Uh, Video or videography, <laughs> filmography. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got last episode on my brain, but uh, he did one called Intruders in 2011 with Clive Owen that sounded familiar. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's it's interesting though because I, I feel like uh, the way, especially like uh, what what I remember from 28 Days Later is like the camera work on how the quickly the zombies move. Uh, I thought it was very similar in the, in this film, and it, it was surprising that it was a different director. Right. From what I remembered about that movie, it was similar, too, so that's why I assumed the whole time I was watching it that it was the same dude. Right. Right. Speaking of those fast zombies, did you read that all the people who played zombies were required to have a movement-based background, like yeah. ballet, dance, yeah, circus that, performing? That's pretty crazy, isn't it? It makes sense, man, but it's a good idea. Well, I, I don't know, because, like, in this film, like, the editing and, like, every time you saw a zombie, like, you basically saw them for, like, one second at the most is, like, really f- quickly cuts. So to have those skills when you're not going to, like, show the zombies, like, to that detail, uh, do you feel like you got that sense watching the movie? They probably had to avoid, like, a lot of the ballet moves that happened <laughs> to make it seem realistic. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. juggling. Yeah. You, you weren't watching this feeling like, whoa, that zombie could be a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> zombie juggling yeah uh but you're right they do that's a good point they kind of do a disservice to that because it, it doesn't really matter you wouldn't be able to tell anyway yeah yeah right uh yeah i know that which, which it's cool they they sought that out but i, I kind of wish like you could tell that more watching it i'm sure we'll dig into that more in the uh review yeah i i saw a it's kind of a sad and funny uh little factoid on this there was a guerrilla marketing campaign where the site www.ragevirus.com was spray painted around london and birmingham mm-hmm. did you see this 
Uh, no, not to hear about this. <laughs> but the marketing agency forgot to buy the domain name, and like somebody scooped it up, and they had to buy it back from them at an undisclosed price. Oh no, they promoted it without buying the site. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I I hope that person got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I know they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. Uh, rage virus, because that's one thing I picked up watching this. Um, compared to like your typical zombie movie where the zombie uh, wants to eat people or whatever, um, this one uh, are they trying to eat people or are they just like very angry and like just want to kill everyone? It seems like they're just angry and want to kill everyone. Yeah, but yeah. they they utilize biting quite a bit because it's a thing you can do to somebody to be violent. But uh, true, yeah. There's like eye gouging and head smashing and that's unique that's kind of interesting yeah yeah it's almost just like this kind of rage uh very angry like violence uh it's a very interesting approach to zombies yeah yeah for sure um the score seemed really prevalent in this movie did you agree yeah man the score really jumped out to me uh this guy john murphy he he's done like a lot of big uh, movies it looks like he has he did well he did 28 days later he did kick ass um quite a few notable things and then he's gonna do uh james gunn's suicide squad uh he did suicide that, that one already came out right well there's gonna be another one i think and i'm sorry to the nerds i i'm not up on this but i think they're making another one yeah like like a sequel or like they're just remaking suicide squad i do not know that part okay that's crazy yeah, yeah. huh right okay yeah, yeah it, I don't. I, I get the vibe that they're going to try to do it right this time, but I I never saw that, and I, I'm not I'm not too up on the Suicide Squad in general, the comics yeah. or anything. I mean, it's it sucked, but yeah, that's interesting if they're just uh, remaking that or, or like doing a better job with that one. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, have you ever seen like uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or, or Snatch? Uh, I've seen Snatch. Yeah, I, I think he did those ones too, which I feel like also had very distinct uh, soundtracks. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we mentioned everyone that's in this, but this is an all-star cast. It really is, yeah. Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Idris Elba, Imogen Boots. Yep. It's pretty cool. I know, pretty awesome. And yeah. I mean, like, I, this one kind of like uh, blurs lines, like it's kind of like a big uh, action film in a way, right? It really is, yeah. The scope of this movie is pretty big. It is, yeah. I'm surprised right. it was only $15 million, to be honest. I know, that number seemed pretty small for like uh, everything this movie does. Well. I think they may have done a lot more digital effects than hmm. than you might think. Interesting. Did you pick that up? Like, did you feel like that watching it? Like, some of the effects didn't hold up? A little bit. Um, yeah. And now that I see the budget, I'm wondering. Also, the digital effects teams and the credits were, like, going on for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. Um. Yeah. Any other background about this before I try to connect it to our home state of Ohio, of Ohio like we always do? Well, I won't try. Our friend Alex will try. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's Imogen's uh, second film after V for Vendetta. And I feel like this kind of started her career in like horror films. And then like from here, she went on to do all those other ones. Oh, I meant to look into that. She was in V for Vendetta? Yeah, I, I got to find that. I think she was like played younger Natalie Portman at some point. Oh, you're right. You're right. Boy, I want to watch that movie again. I love that movie. Yeah, that's such a classic. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, I heard about this thing called day for night shooting, where I guess a lot of this they shots actually in the daytime and then like use an effect to make it look like nighttime. Just interesting. I didn't, I didn't know you could do that. Oh, interesting. Day for night shooting. I'll have to dig into that. Yeah, apparently, like, uh, because you're seeing, like, a London uh, that's, like, in, in quarantine and everything shut down, they couldn't shoot at night because you'd have all the city lights. Uh, so instead, they shot in the daytime, and they use this effect called Day for Night, which uh, blackens out, somehow is better able to black out the city or something. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. You'd have to shut down an entire electric grid. Yeah, yeah, I know. That I think 15 million might not cover that. Um, yeah. And then... Jeremy Renner, like, uh, he's, he's like a sniper in this film. And this is, isn't it interesting that like he does this and then like the Marvel thing, he's like Hawkeye, which he's kind of, you know, a sniper with the bow and arrow. And like, uh, he did like Hurt Locker and stuff. He's just like such a typecast actor in a way. He really is. Yeah. I think even in Wind River, he played a similar role. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, I didn't see that one. No. Yeah. That's yeah. He's a, a cop who's good with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you know any kind of hero who's good with a, a weapon yeah has good yeah. aim sure that's his like forever character that makes sense yeah although he was great with bombs in the hurt locker so but uh, yeah it, it is very much a he's a type yeah 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 that's for sure he's good at it he is yeah yeah i think he knocks it out of the park yeah it's pretty good uh well cool yeah you got a how connection for us i do <laughs> this is an interesting one tonight Oh boy. Okay, so this is from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. You can go pick up beer, wine, or food safely from your car, and their patio is now open, so you can go get a drink outside if you want to as well. Um, Alex says, 28 Weeks Later is a 2007 production mostly based in the UK. The cast includes performances from up-and-coming actors Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Imogen Poots, and Idris Salba. It also carries a stable of longtime and respected stage actors, highlighted by Garfield Morgan, who played the role of Jeff, caretaker to the farm that takes in fellow survivors from the first wave of infections. His acting career was wide-spanning, having spent most of the 60s and 70s running and starring in various theater companies across the UK. He would go on to star in hundreds of television shows varying in popularity while also playing bit characters in films before he died of cancer in 2009. Hmm. <laughs> so his name is Garfield Morgan, and Garfield is an unincorporated community in Mahoning County, Ohio, and Morgan is a county near Macon'sville. Oh, my God. <laughs> McConnell'sville, Ohio. Wait, so his first and last name are counties in Ohio? <laughs> Yeah. That's that's the connection. <laughs> that's the connection. How did he get to that? That's amazing. <laughs> right? It's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of impressive and kind of bad. Yeah, and, and this is like what a character just like is this a character in the beginning that at that farmhouse? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's the guy who owns the house. Oh, wow. He was like probably on screen for like two minutes. You know, it's funny, back from when I was doing these, it's sometimes harder to connect these UK ones to Ohio than it is like a Spanish or French one. Sure, totally. Because you feel like you should be able to go a traditional route, but you you can't get there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be frustrating. That's that's amazing. He he got this one though. That's that's a it's a stretch, but it's amazing. <laughs> pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, man. Well, are you ready to uh, get into the spoilers and go through the plot a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Do you mind holding on one second? I think I hear someone knocking at my door. Oh, sure. Honestly, it sounds like somebody might be in trouble or something. Hold on one sec. Oh, okay. All right. I saw you in a sequel. You were running down the streets of London. And your father, he was infected, but 
Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, everything okay? Well, I opened the door and it was this little boy who seemed really distraught and urgent and he was asking for us to let him in. Uh, why? Like, what, what's going on? I don't know, man. I, I shut the door right in his face. <laughs> That'll teach him to go around knocking on doors. No, thank you. And I shut it. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> you got to be an adult, right? You got to deal with those things on your own. That's, <laughs> otherwise, these kids don't grow up. You know, I started wondering what the ratio is of, like, horror fans who would do, like, slightly risky things to help somebody compared to normal people. Yeah, yeah. Like, do less horror fans pick up hitchhikers than the average person? You think it trends downwards because as a horror fan, you're more cautious? I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, horror Twitter, uh, they like to... uh, Horror fans like to tout themselves as being even more empathetic than the average person. Yeah, I almost feel like you go both ways because you're out there watching horror films, which means like you have an appetite for it. So if you see a hitchhiker or like a kid shows up at your door, maybe you're more interested in like, hey, I wonder if this is gonna like get really messed up, and I want to see where this is going. Um, I like horror movies, so I kind of want to get murdered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've seen enough <laughs> of this happen where I'd, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a that, that'd be a cool study to do. Like, see that what the risk appetite is of horror fans. Yeah, what, what would you say personally? Like, do you feel like you're more cautious because you watch horror films? I think I might be, man. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I feel like it feeds into my like uh, risk averseness in life. Yeah, like I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm paranoid, but yeah, risk averse for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was already risk averse, but I think horror has probably made me even more so. Does a part of you like watch horror films and like feel better about being a risk averse person? Like, and that's why you don't open the door for strangers. <laughs> and that's why you don't pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah, that's why you always leave a note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's validating on some level. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so this movie starts at a farmhouse where a husband and wife separated from their kids. They talk about, you know, their kids being far away, but at least they know they're safe. They're at this farmhouse, which is attacked when a boy comes to the door, bringing an entire zombie group behind him. Um, All the people who are staying in the house kind of die, kind of run away. The mom seems to become trapped in this bedroom with a zombie, and the dad sees it and has the opportunity to maybe save her, but ends up leaving her there to certain death. And he just books it and runs, and he ends up being the only one that escapes that situation on a boat. Uh, what did yeah. you think of this opening scene, man? Man, I, I thought this like was incredible. Like this could have been a short film on its own. It, it was like uh, I know we talked about uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, the remake having a great opening. I feel like this one just amped it up more. Like starts off like very intimate between the husband and wife, and then it just like ticks up. The music gets really loud, and then the the camera work picks up with the zombies coming in, and it ends like with him going off on this boat. Like I just thought it was like beautifully shot and everything, uh, and paced really well. What what did you think? Yeah, for the most part, I agree, and I like that it is dramatic, and we get to know something about the characters in the story. Like, so often, 
the hook of horror movies is characters who are only tangentially related to the events that will unfold later in the movie. Yeah. And right away we meet like the family, you know, who this whole thing is kind of based on. And yeah, there's dramatic moment. You're on board with the characters. And then at the same time, things just go berserk. The zombies are fast and people turn really fast, which I think is cool. It's not like they hang out for a while. They start to get ill. It's like, yeah, they get bit and then you, you better run. Yeah. It's like a matter of seconds. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, this is something that was an issue for me throughout the movie and I'll just get it right out now. The motion on this and the editing was so fast Mm-hmm. that I just felt like I should have been watching this on a disc, like probably a Blu-ray or something, because I was streaming this at the same time my wife was streaming something, and it just didn't look good. Oh. Did you run into that, or was it okay? Uh, no. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Why, like, uh, so, like, the, 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 you mean the parts, like, where the zombies come, and it's, like, very fast cuts? Right, quick cuts, people are running, like, it just looked kind of, like, laggy and almost blurry to me sometimes. Ah, interesting. No, I, I didn't have that issue on my side. And I, I think I was streaming it too. It might have been streaming in HD. Uh, which was yours HD? Uh, it should be. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I, I think I just got to up my, my movie watching game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah no, nothing jumped out to me on my end. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that was my own personal issue. Okay. Uh, speaking of personal issues, what, what do you think of uh, this guy? Uh, I mean, because he basically abandons his wife, but she was like, you know, basically dead or like about to get murdered. Did you feel like he was a dick at that part? You know, it, it can easily be interpreted as a shady move, but what was he going to do? You know, these zombies yeah. are super fast. If it was a slow zombie and he had a gun, it would have been a different story, but he had no weapon. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. And another added element is their kids are far away and safe and they would hopefully want to be reunited. Like, yeah, wouldn't you want to keep one parent alive for the kids? So there's like some sacrifice in there or some right. selflessness to him saving himself possibly. Right, right. Um, so I, I kind of liked that. It, it made things complicated, but it didn't make you write off that character. Yeah, yeah. Some, sure, yeah. some might see that and write off the character, but I think it wasn't so cut and dry. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so that was the intro, and then we get some text on the screen and some montages. 15 days later, after these events, mainland Britain is quarantined. 28 days later, mainland Britain has been destroyed by the rage virus. Five weeks later, the infection or the infected have all died of starvation. 11 weeks later, American-led NATO force enters London. 18 weeks later, mainland Britain is free of infection. And 24 weeks later, reconstruction begins. And 28 weeks later, London is being repopulated, and we begin with the main plot of the movie, and this guy's kids are being brought back from where they were. I think they were in Spain, and they're having medical tests done on them, as anybody does who's about to come back in to London to make sure that they're healthy. Hey, 28 weeks later is like about six months, right? Yeah, roughly six or seven. Aren't we like kind of at that now with like the coronavirus in the U.S.? Yeah. Was, was that like March? Uh, it's got a kind of interesting coincidence. Yeah. Boy, right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we meet Rose Byrne here. She's uh, like a military medical doctor. 
And she's doing the test on the kids, and she realizes that the boy, Andy, has a rare trait where he has two different color irises. And she mentions that this is typically passed down from a parent. So, a thing to bookmark for later. Mm -hmm. The kids are sad that they don't have a picture. They're reunited with their dad, which is happy. And he explains how mom died, and he kind of pads the story a little bit to make it sound more favorable to to him. Yeah. Um, The kids are sad they don't even have a picture of their mom. They know that their mom's dead now. And they sneak outside of the quarantine zone, which everyone is strictly forbidden to do because there's still, like, dead bodies out there and infected rats and dogs, presumably. So they sneak back out to their old house to get a picture of their mom. And there they find their mother who's been hiding out there. And we see that she also has two different color irises like her son. What do you, what do you think of this security allowing, allowing these two kids to get across? <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy because, like, they, they saw them leave and, like, they radioed it in. And then, like, it, they, they take, like, time to, like, go out and get them. Like, they, I don't know, they must have, like, waited, like, an hour or two, right? It's like, <laughs> let them get to the house. Inside. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a great security setup. Um, so their mother is taken into medical care and she's quarantined. She's analyzed by Rose Byrne and Rose realizes that she's been bitten, uh, and she's a carrier of the virus, even though she has no symptoms and that this could be crucial to developing a vaccine or a cure. Their father who has all access for some reason, he's got some occupation that allows him, he's got a key card where he can get in anywhere in this quarantine zone. He sneaks into the hospital room that his wife is in. He kisses her, contracting the virus, and he goes bonkers and kills her extremely violently. He, like, bites her. He pushes his thumbs through her eyes, which I always hate to watch in a movie. Oh, yeah. That's the worst, right? And he's, like, slamming her head or something. It's it's pretty violent. This movie, I applaud it because it is dramatic and complex and well thought out, but it is not afraid to go hard on the violence and the gore. Yeah, yeah, right. And... And I feel like uh, like this scene is another one like so, similar to the beginning where uh, I, I feel like the cinematography for this uh, attack scene like him going nuts, her like uh, like screaming because like her husband's about to kill her and she can't do anything, and and the music, uh, it just felt like very emotional on top of like the hardcore violence that you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed for the most part. Um, okay, I got a little sick of the. Uh the music the, the quick cuts and the, the music was just really loud right up in the mix yeah um, and sometimes I feel like the music was at 11 for like a long time <laughs> yeah yeah actually yeah it kind of like ticks up and then just gets like really loud and that's like uh, yeah it's like hard not to notice the soundtrack in this one yeah especially with that opening scene the intro at the cottage like the music is has hit 11 and like crescendoed and yeah. the scene's still got like five minutes left in it so it's kind of <laughs> like well yeah yeah that that's interesting yeah we, we got to come back to that because uh, I, I think you, you hit on something there okay um so the dad is infected and now all hell breaks loose in the hospital and in the quarantine zone in general in the apartment buildings where the people live everywhere rose uh i think her name's scarlet mm-hmm. rose burns so. character she tries to stay with the kids because she realizes that they are crucial because they could have this gene that causes them to be immune and because they're kids, and she seems like a good person. But the little boy, Andy, gets separated from them. And Imogen's the big sister. I haven't even mentioned that yet. Uh, Damn, yeah, man. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> I've done you a disservice. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, she was probably like seven, 16 or 17 when they filmed this. Oh, I, I think I calculated 18, but maybe that's just... <laughs> well, 18 on release, but it was filmed in 2006. Ah, oh, damn it. You can officially consider yourself a creep. Damn, right. <laughs> creep part three. <laughs> <laughs> damn, I, had, I, 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 I missed out on that uh, part yeah. calculation. I definitely yeah. checked into that. <laughs> Me too. Am I allowed to think she's attractive in this movie? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 that same thought went through my head, and I checked. And I'm like, oh, cool, eighteen. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Damn. All right. On, on pause. Yeah. Um, so the military is outside the hospital or apartment complex. I don't know if it's all in one building or not. They're all up on buildings. They're snipers. We've been introduced to them already, specifically Jeremy Renner's character, and they are ordered to shoot the infected. But as things just become more chaotic, their orders change, and the exact words are abandon selective targeting, which just means kill everybody running out of this building because we just got to contain this virus at the, you know, the cost of these innocent lives, but to save the larger population. Right. Um, and I thought this was kind of an interesting exploration throughout the movie of how the virus would work and how the world would react oh like a commentary on like how government like police states that kind of thing kind of kicks in yeah and it even might have been a commentary on iraq even because Mm -hmm. it's these are u.s-led forces in the uk and they're kind of declaring mission accomplished the virus is gone and yeah remember the famous banner or whatever i can't even remember what it said now oh shoot i think mission mission accomplished yeah yeah um, but I also just thought it, it would took a realistic viewpoint. Like um, a lot of zombie movies are just like, hey, it's the apocalypse now and there are these characters. But right. this showed how society and government responds, which I thought was interesting. I, yeah, I love that part of it. You don't see enough movies that like go to this part where like, uh, yeah, post-apocalypse, uh, what like it looks like. And throughout the movie, we're seeing like a lot of security cameras, these snipers on the roof, like just watching the citizens and like that sense of like, yeah, maybe the, the mission accomplished or whatever, but like you're in this like heavily policed state where like the military is basically controlling it. And here you're seeing them basically, uh, yeah, kill everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dude, have you ever read World War Z, the book? No, I just saw the movie. You should read that book, man. It's It does a really good job of that, like taking everything to its logical conclusion. Oh, cool. Okay. Better, better than the movie does, right? I never saw the movie because I heard it was nothing like the book, and I just was upset yeah. by that. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty disappointing. Uh, um, oh, cool. I'll check that out. Yeah, and like the zombies eating, it, like starving. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, just an example of like the taking things to their logical conclusion and then going from there. Right, right. Like, sooner or later, they'd run out of non-zombies to eat. Yeah, right. It seems a little more science-driven. Yeah. Um, Huh. But then, if they're just driven by rage, do they also need to eat people? Yeah, that's an interesting thing, because unlike other zombies, these guys aren't just, like, killing people to eat them. (laughs) Are they just, like, (laughs) raging and then, like, sitting down and eating a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Sandwich is good, but I'm still pissed. (laughs) I'm still upset, yeah. I gotta go kill some more people and then <laughs> <laughs> fuck this to... sandwich yeah <laughs> um, uh, man sometimes I feel like that after eating a sandwich fuck this <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
well, I, you know, maybe that's one thing of the zombies in, in this film and the previous is the zombies, maybe they don't uh, eat. And that's why, because isn't that um, humans can last, uh, is it 28 days without food and water? Is, it, is that right? Huh. I is don't it, know. Maybe. You, don't, you can't last that long without water, but maybe without food. Yeah, maybe it is without food. That's like when you starve and, and die. And so maybe like when you become a zombie in these films, you just like stop eating and then after 28 days, you're dead. And you're just raging for 28 days, basically. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I had a, yeah, I feel like I've heard that number somewhere. Okay. Um, anyway, back to the plot here. Jeremy Renner, he is, you know, they're all, all the military dudes are kind of like freaked out by this order. Jeremy Renner makes the dude repeat it. He gets this 12-year-old boy, Andy, in his sights, but he can't shoot. And he sees where Andy like shuffles off. It looks like Andy gets a call from somebody like, hey, over here. And so Jeremy Renner follows where Andy is run and finds this hideout of survivors. And he's essentially gone rogue at this point. He's not following orders, and he intends to try to get this small group of survivors out of the quarantine zone, presumably to safety. And he's got a friend who he's hoping gets them out of there with a helicopter. And so Rose, they get reunited, Rose Byrne, Imogen, the kid, Andy, and now Jeremy Renner is with them and a couple other people. And Rose Byrne explains to him that these kids could be the key to the cure and their lives are more valuable than their own. And he's just like, got it. So, you know, he's down. Mm-hmm. And what did you think? I thought there were a lot of relationships in this movie, which was a good thing about it. You know, you got like Rose Byrne and Jeremy Renner. Not that they had a relationship, but sure. there was kind of a lot going on. Rose is looking after the kids. Jeremy Renner is too. Like, there were a lot of characters. There are, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then between, the, like, they have the parents too and their relationship with the kids. And then, yeah. and, and like, Imogen and, and, like, her brother have, like, their own relationship. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, some, some of them were, like, very kind of, like, uh, one line relationships, but it really plays like the role. Like Rose Byrne is like this, uh, like she's she's a medical officer, so she's like thinking with that head, and like the Jeremy's like thinking with that uh, army mentality. And I feel like uh, everyone's like, kind of thinking from like the seat of their character, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, I I liked that aspect of it. I think it had a, a few downsides too, which we'll talk about later. But it was it was interesting. That's kind of what I was thinking about earlier with the scope of this movie being big. Like not only yeah locations you know, government decisions, stuff like that, but just so many different characters and different phases of the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. So many different levels of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They learn that the plan is to just firebomb and gas this area, essentially kill everybody in this area. And so Jeremy Renner's really just trying to get them out of there. They get to a car and it won't start. They're being gassed. And... Jeremy Renner is like telling Rose Byrne to just like let up on the clutch when I tell you and he gets out of the car and pushes it the car starts and it goes and he is set ablaze by a flamethrower that like the army is there just killing everybody it's crazy that like you they're running from like both zombies and the army I thought it's kind of like right. an interesting double threat yeah for sure speaking of threats pretty much everyone you care about in this movie dies a horrible horrible death yeah, yeah, I know. Eyes gouged out, gouged out. They turn into a zombie. They get set on fire. Yeah. Um, Rose drives the car into an underground subway system where they're trying to feel their way around in the dark. 
and she is attacked and killed by a zombie who turns out to be the kid's father. Andy gets bit by him, and Imogen is, Imogen is forced to shoot him. Not shoot Andy, shoot her father. Mm-hmm. Andy runs away because he's thinking he's going to turn, and she chases Andy because they promised they'd stay together from now on no matter what. And he is kind of falls over. You think he's going to turn, and he gets up, and he's like, am I one of them? And you see that he's got some like blood that appears in his eye, just like his mom had, which mm-hmm. is to let the viewer know. He's got the immunity too. Like he's infected, he's a carrier, but he's not going to have any symptoms. And they make it to this pickup point where Jeremy Renner's buddy picks them up in a helicopter. And I think at the end we see that the helicopter is landed in France and there's mm-hmm. crazy zombies there as well. And the fate of the kids is unknown, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the last shot you see of the kids is from the helicopter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of that ending? Uh, I liked it, man, because basically that, that kid is like a walking time bomb now, similar to his mom. Uh, he can easily pass it on. Like, I mean, you share a spoon with him and you're dead and you got the whole thing on. So, uh, I thought, I thought the ending made a lot of sense. Like they escaped him out of, uh, they escaped, but they took him out of the UK, not knowing like what he has. Cause I think Rose, uh, was probably the only person that would have known that. And it ends. Yeah. The end scene of like France kind of like going nuts, uh, made a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. But, Right. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Did he bring it to France or was it there already? I feel like he had to have because, I mean, you saw how like infectious the mother was while like being a carrier. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe Imogen borrowed the spoon. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) That's all it takes. Yeah. Uh, But I I heard the ending uh, was like an add on to the film. Like they weren't originally going to do that in the script. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was part of the original script. Uh, they tagged it on there. But yeah, what, what did you think of that ending? Well, I was a little disappointed because, yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. This kid is a giant threat, but he's also, like, the key. And many people died, well, Rose and Jeremy died, to, like, save him and Imogen because they could be the cure. They could be the vaccine. Yeah. So but not only the- do I tend to hope for a happy ending, but it was also, like, they were so important for that reason, and then that just went yeah. nowhere, you know? I know, I know. But, you know, what sucks is, like, the only people that knew that he was the key died. And, like, he didn't know. His sister didn't know that, that the helicopter pilot they took off with didn't know. So, in in the wrong hands, like, the key is pretty destructive. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, a nihilistic type ending. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And yeah. and have they, they haven't, I thought there were talks about, like, a third installment, right? I didn't see that either. For some reason, I didn't dig as deep on this this movie. I felt like I did, and then before go time, I was like, I don't know shit. <laughs> no, I think I think it all. But yeah, I heard some talk like in the last year that they were thinking about their installment. I wonder if it's going to pick up on the ending of this one. Oh right, I did see that like twenty eight months later or something. Oh yeah, right, it was one right. of those things that where I feel like the talk is so loose that it's just like, yeah, meaningless. Right, right, yeah, probably. Um. What else? What did you? What else did you think about this movie? I I thought it was a little slow for the first forty five or an, or an hour. What What did mm-hmm. you think? Uh, I actually thought like the opening was like you know really pulled you in, uh, and then I I was actually surprised like with the pacing like uh, as soon as the kids get to the the place which is like the next sequence, uh, they kind of escape and they go to that house and they scare there and then the mother gets brought back. So so yeah, I kind of felt like it it, uh, it moved along pretty well. And one of your earlier points, I feel like about the music, I feel like uh, that might uh, talk to the whole movie like how the music gets to, like an eleven early on. 
uh, I felt like this movie, like from a climax standpoint, had like a lot, a lot of climaxes, and it, that got a little bit tiring at some points. But did you feel a climax fatigue at all? Yeah, yeah, and maybe a. I don't know if climax is the right word for it, but yeah, the I did get a little fatigued of like. I don't know if you'd call them set pieces or what, or maybe little mini climaxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they were all edited and cut the same, and the editing was so chaotic. And yeah, the music, I didn't mind the score, but it was always cranked to 11. Sure, And I just yeah. felt like we would toggle from a slow uh, stretch where the story unfolds to these scenes, and it was just then it was on which were cool a lot of them were really cool and i appreciate that they went so hard but yeah I, yeah I think fatigue might be the right word there yeah yeah uh i i just feel like uh this this there's, there was so much packed into here i think you were saying that before too like you know first the opening sequence then uh yeah the the zombie breakout on this uh quarantine place and then the, the the army threat and you have like i don't know what like four or five like huge like attack scenes in this film uh which i i thought was like a pretty heavy for like one horror film yeah yeah agreed do you think it could have been like whittled down a bit to bring more focus on the kids and their relationship and storyline i mean if you're asking if it could have used more time with imogen for sure (laughs) that that makes less sense but I, i don't know did you feel like you needed more like of interplay between those two characters a little bit i don't know i i couldn't tell if i was nitpicking this movie or not but um yeah, I, I do like that there was so much going on. I like that there were a lot of characters at different phases kind of guiding the kids and that we had a little bit of backstory on all of them. Right. Um, but I also felt like at the end it was about these kids and sometimes it was more about other people than it was them. Oh, in the movie, like, like Rose or Jeremy. Right, like, like Jeremy Renner's characters. character... I don't know. You could have feasibly... I loved his character, but you could have also feasibly done the movie without him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. You know, to to be fair, I feel like, you know, your main characters here, like the mom, the dad, Jeremy, Rose, uh, the two kids, I feel like combined, like they all... Or individually, they all probably had like five or six lines in the movie. And that was like basically all you needed to know about them. Uh, they didn't really like go further in depth than like needed. And I think it stayed kind of like at that execution level versus like more of a deeper character study which maybe is what you're pointing to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you kind of it's like a trade-off, you know, who the main adult character is as you go in the movie. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But like, yeah, we don't know anything about Rose other than like she's this medical person and everything she does is from that medical person view and right. Jeremy the same and dad, yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. You you saw a lot of different like motivations and characters and how people act during the apocalypse. Right. I, and I think that's what the movie was going for, to like kind of show that uh, post-apocalyptic world and like a government that thinks it's controlling it and it getting out of hand and how their response is. Uh, it's kind of more like a social commentary in a way. Right, right. Um, and what did you think about the cinematography in these scenes where things go balls to the wall? Like the shaky cam, the slow motion... Uh, you know, I, I thought it was really effective, like that these fast zombies and like the shaky camera uh, between like you'd have that and then you'd have like these scenes where the zombies weren't there. They were just like great like shots that are really slow. And I think that comparison between those shots versus the action ones really kind of emphasized like how scary these zombies were. Um, but I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah. Interesting. I feel like we have two different takes on this. I, I again thought it was a little overboard. Um, yeah. 
But you know what, man? I mean, and I hate to say this, like I would, I hate for this to re- affect my review of this movie. Not that my review at this point matters of this movie, but I think <laughs> the motion issues I was having may have affected my, oh, um, my viewing experience and my opinion of the editing. Sure, like it, it was like a little blurry or something. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, it just made things even more herky jerky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, no, I mean, either way, I. I Though I do stand by, even if I had, if I was watching like a 4K disc on a great TV, like the edits were pretty jarring sometimes. Yeah, they were. Yep. Did, did you notice this one cut? And I don't know anything really about editing, but the screen, the transition from Idris Alba's character to like the army or something like that, it was uh-huh. like the next screen like slid into view from the side. <laughs> I read about that somewhere. I don't think it jumped out to me, but uh, I kind of want to go back and see that scene. Did it stand out to you? It did, yeah. My note is that is glaringly strange. It was really? the only time they did that in the movie. Is this like a PowerPoint video? Like when, It was like actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like Idris Elba became small and then spun out of the, out of the frame. <laughs> not, not really, but it, yeah. it was like a sliding door. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to go back and see that scene. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. it was so weird yeah yeah i i think the editing's questionable like uh i i get what they're going for but um i i can see maybe like they they went overboard a little bit on on some of it um do, did you feel like it was pr- mostly like during the action sequences that you had an yeah. issue with it yeah i think yeah. it was maybe a little too much of a good thing and uh, you honestly like feel that criticism a bit and make a good point with you have all these people who are trained to do things like this and you it, yeah. With the editing you used, it really could have been anybody. Yeah, right, right. Just, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, you never really see, like, a, a good uh, look at the zombies. It's always, like, so quick. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, uh, man, uh, but what, what did you think of, like, some of the setups here in terms of, like, the, the attack scenes, like, the dad in that room, uh, or, like, that the one where uh, the kid is, like, in this basement where everyone's locked in and it gets, like, invaded by zombies, uh, or, like, the, the helicopter, like, kind of cutting through a field of zombies and stuff. Like, did, did, did you like that stuff? I did, and again, I liked how fast, not necessarily how fast the editing was, but I, although the editing does help with that. You know, yeah. getting the point across that everything's happening very quickly here. I yeah. liked how fast the zombies were. I liked how fast a situation would go from things are okay to everything's totally fucked, like instantly, <laughs> because yeah. the zombies get to you fast, they turn you fast, and then the, the new zombies get to the next people fast, and it's just like over. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I liked that they did that, and I liked that they didn't pull any punches with the gore because I think it helped that sell that vibe that like things go beyond saving within a matter of seconds yeah right um i I like that a lot i love that yeah yeah that's really cool yeah you bring up the helicopter scene the guy like turns the blades of the helicopter downward to just chop a bunch of uh zombies up yeah i thought that was really sweet i've never seen something like that yeah and that was an area where to me that looked like a visual effect rather than any practical special effects yeah probably right Right. But, uh, but I mean, that's a, a pretty intense scene to do practical effects on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Although yeah. I think the original Dawn of the Dead did, uh, one zombie scalping via helicopter. Oh, like towards the end? Uh, right towards the beginning, actually. Oh, Maybe like 20, 30 minutes in. Oh, okay. Okay. Although towards the end, there was supposed to be a big one. Yeah. I only remember the helicopter at the end. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and, and then they also got in uh, for for like a movie that like packed in a bunch. They also got in like that almost um, almost like a found footage feel, but like that quarantine movie type feel with the night vision and, and like trying to guide someone in like a dark subway over like dead bodies. Uh, right, I, I didn't right see at that the end part when they were in the subway, Rose was looking through a night vision rifle scope. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I almost feel like the variety of scares they had in like different sets and different settings and different like setups um, kept it like feeling pretty fresh, even though it was like, what, what is this movie, like an hour and a half or so? Yeah, hour and 40 or so. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a good point. And like all the set pieces were very different. You know, for a zombie movie, you could easily do the same thing a whole bunch of times. But yeah, you had a house being invaded from the outside. You had like them finding their mom within a house. That was more like interpersonal type scariness. So was right. the dad kissing the mom. And right. then you had like the overflowing of the zombies out of a space. Like mm-hmm. it was cool. And it was, yeah, varying scales of threats, the, the firebombing too. Like you right. said, two threats there, the zombies and the, the army. Yeah, um, firebombing, then like chemical bombing. And yeah. 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 Just like, Props they, they to it for that. Deployed Right, right, like a pretty high variety there. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I thought the uh, the script for the most part was really good. Like I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to have a little bit more between the kids, but I think they made things complex. They, they put in a lot of relationships. They could have gone a little deeper on some of those, but mm-hmm. everybody did feel like they matter. You didn't want to see anybody die. Right. And, and it's crazy that like most, like everyone dies basically except the kids. <laughs> Yeah, who probably die anyway. Right, Um, right. The acting was great too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like they had any weak actors at all. Yeah. Um, So soundtrack, you're you're a fan of or or you just felt like the volume was too high? I like the music. I think it was a little too... (laughs) God, it sounds pathetic. (laughs) A little too (laughs) loud. I just think they... The way it was woven into the action was a little... They could have like held their foot off the gas a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. No, it um, definitely like takes over for a lot of those yeah. scenes. But I do like it. It actually yeah. the uh the main theme kind of reminds me of the intro music to a video game called Silent Hill. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there were parts of this where like it almost felt like a music video, like some of those like scenes that would go nuts and you just hear like the really loud music. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree and I I I that was a bit of a negative for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, a different uh, impact. Yeah. Um, how many thumbs and eye sockets do you give this movie? Zero to five. Thumbs and eye sockets. Oh man, that's such a hard visual. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think I, I love the execution here, and um, you know, I, I feel like it had like a lot of peaks, and that got a little bit tiring, but overall, like it felt fresh and uh, fun. So I, I'd give it four and a half uh, thumbs and eye sockets. Damn. Okay. Uh, right. what, what about you? I was between a three and a half and a four, and I'm going to err on the side of four because it may have just been my internet connection that, that caused <laughs> a, at least one of my beefs. So, yeah, I'm going right. to go with four. Like, it was a a cool take on a zombie movie. I love the fast zombie movies, and I think the uh, the scope and complexity of it uh, saves it from being exactly like every other zombie movie. And, yeah, great acting, mm-hmm. solid script. Yeah competent direction aside from things moving a little too fast for my old eyes sure. too fast and too loud come on it's too fast it's too loud <laughs> and do we really need to see blood 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> Where are the name tags on people? <laughs> Minor <laughs> cursing. <laughs> Not enough name yeah. tags. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait. Uh, if we ever make a scary movie, it's going to be like the slowest, like really quiet movie where everyone's just got name tags on. It's just going <laughs> to no be like blood. people reading for an hour and then <laughs> yeah. something mildly scary happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone's wearing you, a sweater. Yeah. Exactly. Drinking hot water. <laughs> taking no risks (laughs) yep cool man anything else on this movie before we wrap things up no I'm good cool Uh, thanks again Hina for the recommendation yeah I appreciate Uh, that Imogen recommendation yeah yeah she she knew the way to our hearts yeah (laughs) alright cool well that is our episode on 28 weeks later everybody we hope you enjoyed it um if you did you can leave us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. that helps other people find our show um you can connect with us on facebook twitter and we have a discord server where we hang out and talk to people um and there's lots of other cool people on there to hang out and talk with too so i'd highly recommend doing that you can find all those links on our website horrormovieclub.com under social links you can also find our email address there podcast to horror movie club if you just want to send us an email about something um our logo is done by amy may pop art you can check her out at etsy.com by searching amy may pop art uh i think that's about it uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash horror movie club there's also a link to that on our website if you want to support us financially And until next time, if you're trying to keep an entire city under quarantine, do not hire the dudes who were supposed to be watching that bridge that the kids escaped from. (laughs) I seriously don't know how it could have possibly taken that long for them to catch up with those kids. I know. Come on. These two kids. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, hey, there they go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that was a big mess. Yeah.